Welcome to the Vet Church Podcast. Vet Church interviews are authentic, sacred, and inspirational. Vet Church is open to anyone who appreciates the sacrifice made by the women and men who put on a uniform and served this great nation. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com. What happens? Why did, how, did, how did you get to the place where you're doing this? Like, you went to the games, you've trained, Shit, you go to the gym. fucking rough lot, man. Do you, want to talk about that Do you want to talk about getting out of it? Not the rock bottom part, but... I almost became a statistic, you know? I had fucking been through surgeries. My, my ex-wife left me, took both my kids, took my fucking dog, you know? I was in a house by myself that I brought one child home to, was living there, and it just, I was on all these fucking medications from surgeries, and I didn't have a purpose of work anymore. You know, I wasn't working, I went 200 something days of con leave in one year. So I was just you know, at the couch, getting fat, you know, and uh, I finally got accepted to WTU. Still was kind of, I was going through this whole divorce thing, I didn't have a good divorce. And, uh, you know, I had this guy, uh, Stephen Andrew, or, uh, Steve, I call him Steve, Scuba Steve. He's this fucking little old dude, 57 years old in a wheelchair. Reminds me a lot of me, he's an asshole, but he never served. But he, he loves, loves vets, loves soldiers. He was our adaptive reconditioning uh, sports guy in our battalion. And, uh, you know, I'd go in there and chat, and say, hey, I'd go in there and meet him, sign in, do all that processing shit. And he saw me in the hallway one day and he's like, hey, you're big, man, come play basketball with us. And I was like, nah, man, I'm all right. He said, what, you think? You don't play basketball? And I was like, yeah, I played basketball in high school. I, you know, I wasn't really coordinated. I was good though, you know? And he's like, well, you won't be with shit out here. Like, what? And he goes, yeah, we in wheelchairs. You being six foot five don't mean shit out here. We in wheelchairs. And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm good. And I started, you know, kind of got a little frustrated. He's like, that's cool, man. You want to be a quitter? You scared? You scared? I'm going to embarrass you, right? And I was like, let's go right now. And I went that day and uh, I drove down to the gym and met him. And well, he, I didn't know this at the time, but he played pro ball before, wheelchair basketball pro ball. And, uh, wow. He, uh, he wore my ass out, but I was addicted from there. And then it came to where I'd go in there once a week, talk to him. And, uh, by the end of the time before he left, I was in his, and it was like a therapy session. I was laying on his couch and, you know, we were talking because I trusted the guy. But I started with the basketball, and then they were like, hey, we want to try this other stuff, Warrior Games. And then I tried it and went to uh, regional trials of Benning. Came back, hey, you gotta have your shoulder, whole reconstruct shoulder surgery done. I said, okay, well, you can do that, go to the games for make the team, or you can do this, well, I'm here to get better. So I did that, and uh, that year passed by, you know, and he kept me, like this dude single handedly kept me. Mm-hmm. I did the, uh, you know, the Army 10 mile everybody does every year? Mm-hmm. I did that bitch in a wheelchair basketball, a basketball wheelchair with him. Me and him both got in a wheel, basketball wheelchair and did 10 miles. Just Not, before you could. No, I was able to walk at this point. Oh, yeah? yeah. But you did it with him. But wait, I don't always talk about it, man. You got buddies in the, you don't really see it in line, but you get there, you see guys in the wheelchairs, and, you know, you oh, see yeah. it around, and but people kind of look at these guys like, what, you know? It's like, that's fucking hard, man. Watch him getting in and out of his car, but he's a little big guy now, and his legs about to spin around. I see him jump up in his car, you know, <laughs> driving with his little hand things, and he's just so proficient at it. And I was like, oh, you know what? One day everybody talks about doing it, I'm going to come stay in a wheelchair here one day. I'm going to the whole day. I'm staying in wheelchair with you. So it comes up, we was talking about doing 10-mile, and uh, they hey, pay hey, to do it. Can I interrupt Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted everybody to catch what you just said. You saw a buddy in a wheelchair and said, I'm going to experience that with you. Yeah, you see what it's like, you know? In a wheelchair for a whole day. No, no. So this is the funny part of the story. So 
came up, he got me, I was gonna run the thing, and I had to wear this big old ass carbon fiber leg brace when I run with steel uh, rods in the back. Uh -huh. And then we got talking about the whole wheelchair thing, and I was like, yo, fuck it, I'll do the 10 mile in the wheelchair. And he's like, no, you don't. Know, yeah, well, he's like, all right, I'm gonna sign you up for it in the wheelchair, you gotta do it. And I was like, that'll be the day I do it. I showed up, got in the wheelchair, I got done with that thing, I got out the wheelchair, he said, what are you doing? I was like, fuck this, man, I couldn't do that. I did 10 miles in it today, I, I can't do it. I couldn't. But I, and I'd been in a wheelchair before, uh, all day, but nothing like this dude's a functioning. He cooks for himself. He bathes himself every day. He gets to work every day. You know, he comes out and does events with people every day. I was just in a wheelchair around the house, having my first one come over and help me take a shower, you know, or my neighbor come over and help me cook dinner, you know. That's awesome, though, because in, in a sense, you're not just helping you, you're helping him. Oh, yeah. By acknowledging that he's helping you. He loves it. Yeah, I mean, like, a, I mean, I love it. I think, I think that's why I stopped right there because I was like, it, it seems so simple, but it's profound. There's, a, I'm trying to think. Of they did a story on us. Um, it's rolling along or something, and it's got a picture of me and him. And I don't, you won't notice me, man. I got glasses on, and he's in his wheelchair. And we're, uh, I got involved with this. Uh, I mean, I do uh, through him. I did this thing at Fort Belvoir through the USO of my battalion. It's a adaptive water skin. It's basically a damn wakeboard. I met the guy who created this thing. He's the one who taught me how to ski, water ski. And he puts you in his chair and strap your ass in. You got two people beside you and they ski around the lake. And I was like, man, this is cool. Hmm. I want to get into this. And I started doing it by myself. Well, they did this once a year. Well, they do these events down in Lake of the Woods in Virginia, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. They do them everywhere, right? So it's a uh, Lake of the Woods adaptive ski found adaptive foundation one way or another that's a, uh, a buddy of mine I met again through Steve who lost his daughter to suicide in high school and he started this program to help you know and he's a veteran himself so he helps kids and veterans all these organizations do kids and vets and then uh, there's another one on the edge children's foundation on the edge yeah so I started doing I learned to ski and I was like all right this ain't enough for me I want to fucking be the guy who's sitting beside the sky skiing, you know, because I was in that chair and I was like, man, I'm like, you got to trust somebody to do that because I'm strapped in this seat. <laughs> yeah, it seat. sounds it's a little like, scary. If you guys go that way and this guy goes this way and I fall, like, you know, it's kind of sketchy. And uh, he, uh, I don't know, man, I got hooked. And I've been down and done events and skied with guys. We skied this blind kid one time, you know. But it's, uh, I tell Steve all the time, they did a story and it started there, man. I was fat. I was fattened out of shape when I started this with him. And I mean, I'm first one in the army to ever win a gold medal off the champion. I just went to Sydney and kicked some ass, you know. But if you seen me then, you never thought I'd be here. Those, those pictures like of you, that, are, they, are they up anywhere people can look at them? Oh, yeah, they're all over the internet. Everywhere, all over the internet. So just check out Invictus Games. Yeah, yeah. Invictus Games, or you just put my, uh, this is some creepy shit too, man. I had a buddy of mine called me and said, man, you ever go yourself? And I was like, no, I've never Googled myself. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> you said, around you said what's wrong with you? Yeah. America is out there doing that every day. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, I'm just like, no, man, I'm not ever talking about Googling myself, you know? And he's like, you need to do it. I just Googled your name from trying to see some pictures from the Warrior Games, and it's kind of creepy. And I was like, what? And I Googled myself, man, holy shit. Like, there's just so much up there. And that's where I found, I didn't know they had published a story for the me and Steve. Yeah. I talked to a reporter about it, but I've done that. I mean, yeah. I met Al Roker. I've done all this shit with all these people from halftime. You met Al Roker? Yeah, it's pretty cool. He came to Belvoir. That is awesome. Whole, like, one word thing. And uh, I found that, and then, you know, so there's all, I got a couple 
stories. It's kind of cool because as it, that story is the start of me mm -hmm. for the 10 miler, and then it goes all the way up to the last article I just did for the Invictus Games. Where you won three gold medals. Three gold medals. And then I saw, I, can I say what you did? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, this man donated, and it's real gold, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it comes from the Australian government mint. He donated this gold medal from the Australian government to the, what's it called, Kate? R&DA Military Assistance Program. R&DA Military Assistance Program. They're going to auction it off to raise money to buy service dogs and help veterans out. Yeah. And, and should get some money for it, man. The, the Prince Harry's wife is the one to put it around my neck. That's the one she got me. Y'all vote for that thing. I mean, like, you know, one of y'all millionaires out there need something on your wall? Hey, help, it's a tax write-off. That's right. Tax write-off. Help our tribe out. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself a cool... Matt might even Maybe you your, can meet Matt. Matt might even come to your house and sign the whatever. Yeah, I've seen you in the picture too. Her giving me, I got the picture of her giving me the medal. There That's we go, cool, man. Oh, I doubt any millionaires going to watch this thing. You never know, man. We'll you never know. Tonight. Well, you know, in, in this group here, this is this is about us telling our stories. Oh, yeah. And, and I it, thought about it too. It was a. Uh, because you guys were real generous to us this weekend. And it was, I did before that, you know, and I was looking at it. And uh, I'd seen, we had this guy named Malcolm Kaser, he's missing his arm. And he saw this, Australia just brought a bunch of kids out with disabilities, right? When this mm. girl came out and she was missing her arm. You know, and he saw her and he was like, oh shit, you know, started talking to her, talking to her. We got silver in a field, I want to say a track event, running. I think it was running. And he brought her up there and let her get it. Oh, you know, cool. And to let her take it. And another girl gave her a medal to the girl. I was like, man, that's crazy. Like, you worked your ass off to get that thing. Hmm. Like, what are you doing? You know? And I just, I went, I had the whole, like, you know, those are, like, I'm going to show these to my kids. And, and then I sit there talking to them and it hit me. And they were like, yeah, if it ever comes to you, you'll just know, man. And I was like, man, fuck, I got three of these things. What do I need three? What am I? The, my gold medal, the, the ultimate champion, I'm the first one in the Army ever do it. That shit's rolled up in a t shirt at the top of my closet. <laughs> you know? Like, well, well, this is a good cause, man. You guys brought us out here. And it's one of those, I never judge a bull by his cover. Because you got a lot of organizations out here now that take fucking advantage of veterans, you know? Mm -hmm. Especially guys like they do. That, well, I mean, we've been in the spot, I've been in the spotlight, so to speak, for the last eight months with all this media coverage and all this shit, you know? And I've been, I don't know how to say this correctly. Let's see. I've been probed, you know, to try to exploit exploit me for somebody else's personal gain and i witnessed that through the wtu and the fucking uso and the wtu are amazing at that they are this as soon as they see it or if you see it you say something on them they shut it down it doesn't matter who's mm -hmm. there they know we're leaving right now you know so i'm talking to these guys and hearing the stories that he was telling me about this uh uh i think it was dan uh the guy who brought me up there who did my my interview and my my bio stuff i sent to him he was telling me about it and I think they got this guy a service dog or something about. Them service dogs are expensive. Oh, yeah, they're not cheap. Well, they got him a service dog. But first, something happened like his house burnt down or something. And they just showed up and cut this dude a check and was like, here, man, do what yeah, you got to do, you, you know? Yeah. I don't want no recognition from her or nothing. You know, hard time with him. And then they stayed in contact and they gave him a service dog. And I'm like, you know what? That's the kind of organization I'll do something like that for and donate my time. It's like the, the, the adaptive sports I do, you know? They're not out there trying to explore this one. Come out there. They're not. They don't. They don't run like that. They're out there because they believe in it and because they want to help people. And there, yeah. and there, there are a lot of good organizations like that. Oh, there's a and a ton. A buddy of mine, uh, Bob Reagan, did, does Operation Song. 
he told me, he said, Matt, when you start doing this, you start going around playing music. So what a, you know, you yeah. watch me play music. Um, he said, you start seeing these organizations, if they can't tell you in one or two cents exactly what they do, yeah, they're full shit. <laughs> that's what he said. That's, that's what he I've said. Heard that. <laughs> because it's true. I mean, like, well, and that's why I wanted, you know, like, I, I, I went through with you because you're doing something with your life. And so many other veterans are going like, wow, I'm not as big as him. I am out of shape. I'm, I'm like, I got some gut to lose. We're going to do this run range of run thing in vet church. We've got three teams and just trying to get people to start exercising again. Yeah. It's hard to start again. It is. But you have to care enough about your family to care about your own body for 40 seconds. It's, I'll say it's, you got to care enough about yourself because that was my problem. You know? I'd be mm. good when my kids were around me. And as soon as I got, I mean, I never once was like down in the dumpster around my kids. Now, the shit that me and my mom was going through, all the surgeries, the, the, the fucking realization, hey, you're not, the Army's all you know. Sports before the Army, the Army, and that's all you know. That's about to go away too, you know. So it's, I had to, I had to say it, but I had to put myself before my kids, before my family. I had to put myself before everybody because if you don't care enough about yourself to get yourself to 100%, you're never going to be, I thought I was 100% for my kids, but I fucking wasn't close to it. And I got my shit together, and now I'm, you know, my, me and my kids, man, we have. I like, the, I like the way you're saying that, because it, it is true, like, I think. We're not made like that in the Army. They don't, make you, they don't train you, don't you like that. that. They, you take care of your soldiers first, mm -hmm. right? When you're private, you're so worried about not fucking up, you don't even really, like, you you're, you're take care of yourself like something serious, you know? And it's like, okay, you're in charge of these people. And these guys are out here just like, I'm in charge of 10 people at work. Yeah, you're in charge of those 10 people. When they get off work, you're not in charge of those 10 people. No, but I'm in charge of 10 people and this dude goes out and gets a DUI kills somebody that's my problem yeah. this guy goes out here and beats his wife that's my problem this guy goes out here and gets shot or you know robbed or that's my problem these are they're, they're my responsibility 24-7 365 and then when you go to combat like I'm in charge of trying to keep your ass alive so you can go back to your family and I had I hate this shit uh, me and Colton Wilbur man he's, he's my best friend you know he's one of my real like in the army he's my army best friend so to speak you know and his dad came out and seen him around before we left him. I was big on the camaraderie thing. And the squad eats at my house, we could drink at my house. You know, we went up his dad said, you bring my son home alive. Mm. You don't let nothing. I was like, fuck man, you don't say that to somebody that's about mm. to take you know? Oh yeah, they do. I was like. <laughs> they do say that stuff. Man, you know, and uh. I've had mm. kids walk up to me. When I, when I was enlisted, I was a chaplain assistant. And a kid, he's a chaplain, his son walks up to me and says, you make sure you bring my, we went to Czechoslovakia. But it's still, man, it weighs I, and, it I, and I want to not even go one, you know? And it's like, he's like, you got to make sure my daddy will be alive, right? And I'm like, the kid, I was like, that's up to God. I, and like, I yeah. heard myself saying that to him, like, I don't know, he's four or five. And then as a chaplain, I'd hear you know, people call me. I don't know. I, I do not know yeah. who is going to live and who is going to die. And there's, you can control some of it. I mean, with training, and you tell them to go that way, and they should have went that way, and they get killed that way. You know, there's things you control, but a lot of that shit, I see a lot of people beating themselves up about it. You can't control it. that landmine was put right there, and that, that balance you were using didn't hit it, or, you know, it was, it was just, oh, them dudes are smart, man, you know? And we've got stories, both of us, that we could sit here, and well, we can't sit here and tell on my air, but yeah. the, there's people that should have died, and they're alive, there's people that 
how in the world that happened to them, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, and they died. Mm-hmm. People even get on the bird, man, and you're like, hey, they're going to fucking make it. They got the bleeding style, they're going to make it. It's a 20-minute flight back to calf or something, and they get the calf, it's like, he didn't make it. He died there. Like, what the fuck? I mean, he was good when we left. Mm-hmm. And then you got guys that are like, oh, he ain't going to make it back to calf. He gets back to calf. He's back in the fight in two weeks. You know, you can't control it. Well, the, the, the weird thing is, like, they, they would stay. Oh, yeah. People would stay. I'm not leaving. <laughs> like, I when I got hurt, man, I was like, you know, they're trying to get me to go back and get x-rayed and stuff. I was like, nope. Give me three days off. And my, my squad had three days off. Because the guy that was going to take on my squad, man, he's a hell of a tanker. And he, I hope he watches this because you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, he's a fucking, did you want a tank come up? I want that guy in charge of him, you know? Yeah. You want somebody to run this my squad? I don't want him anywhere close to it. You know what I'm saying? He tell you, he's like, he's going to the back. Hey, man, I don't, I'm a soldier. I'm like, man, I need you to charge with my team. When my team leaders don't leave, nah, man, I'm going I'm to shoot it today. You just tell me what to do. I'll do it, you know? And uh, he... Uh, you can add him, but you know how that works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I just go sure. in and add whoever you want to this Come thing. Come add him and tag him. Like you That's watch it. It. <laughs> all you got to do. I mean... For anybody out there, if you want to add somebody to vet church, that's what this is about. It's not, it's our group. It's, all, it's us. It's our tribe because. It's good to you. You know, I need to go in and watch some stuff here. But well, I, I want to know, that's the cool thing about the games. I mean, the WT, there's people there for hundreds of different reasons. And I'm not saying they're not hurt or nothing, but you know, like it's different when you, you talk to somebody who's been in the same shoes you are. That's the thing with going to see a therapist, man. I thought about doing that, but that's what I mean. Fuck, that's what you're doing now. Is you're going there and you're sitting there and you're sitting across from this. We're sitting this close to him, your wife right now, and it's telling him what's going on. And you're like, I don't know you from fucking anybody. You want me to tell you this? And you know, and the one I had it took a long time to build trust up. And then because uh, the one before that, I started telling them. I finally opened up to them. They're like, Man, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly how you're feeling. How did that go over for you? I looked right at him and I stood up and put my hand on his desk. I was like, Why don't you tell me exactly how you know what the fuck I'm going through? Tell me when you were over there when that happened to you. Well, no, no, man. I just talked to him and I got up and I was like, Fuck this. I'm leaving. And I walked out because it's not. Exactly. I don't know. You don't. This is the the best therapy I've ever had. Is these like these games and talking to people like you and one of these events and shit, man. It's, it is. He's sitting in a Chris guy, the EOD guy, and yeah. mm-hmm. thing, me and him started shooting shit, and it was like, I don't know, I met you yesterday, oh, I know. and I'm telling you some shit I don't even tell my own mom. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, like the three of us standing there, yeah, talking about hunting, I don't hunt, but I felt like I was with, I felt like I was with a younger version of myself, yeah. where I was whole, where I didn't hurt inside, where I was valued. And it and I fished and, and he was showing all oh, you showing the pictures of yeah, the fish. fish yeah. He was showing the pictures of elk and you know, he's an exotic hunter. We're gonna do one of these <laughs> with him later too. He um but he, you know, it's it's weird because like this like when I I came back from Afghanistan and my great uncle, Ray Hill, had he lived up in East Tennessee, little bitty house up there. You better through East Tennessee. Oh yeah, seen okay. a small mountain house, just that way, right? And um, about Elizabeth. Okay. And we went up there, and, and Uncle Ray, his wife was in the next room. Kate was in the next room. He called him in. He said, "Sit down." He said, uh, "I'm gonna tell you all some stuff I've never told anybody." He told about taking a beach. Well, he was a cook in the Marines in World War Two. 
But if you're in the Marines, you're a rifleman first. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> the good stuff, you got to do that on occasion. For about two hours, he told stories. And I shut up and listened. I mean, I've talked more with you than I've talked that whole time. He just, you know, it was nonstop. Because he started off saying, it's time for, what was he, in his 80s at the time? Late 80s. Late 80s. He said, I've never said this to anybody. He started talking. Well, now he died in his 90s, and by that time, he told the family a lot of stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think sometimes, it, it, like, this is what got me. After I got off all those pills, I had a good therapist. My therapist was in Vietnam, you know. Like, he was somebody that, that saw some horrible stuff. Yeah. And then in the group I was with, uh, Sharon Berry out of Pensacola, VA, she runs a PTSD group, and she's 72, 73. Damn. She's seen a lot. And she, our group, is what saved my life. Because I, I, I would argue with Kate about it, you know, because I, I was just suicidal for a while there, and I just didn't see it. I, I never thought I would do anything valuable or worthwhile again. Yeah. But it was the group. It was the camaraderie. It was like, and the, and, and the guys were like, "There's two drummers in that group. They got me playing. Me- I wasn't playing music. I'd quit. I'd given away guitars, threw away all kinds of stuff. I was done." And, and one of the drummers was like, gotta come to my house and play some music. And I did, and... Hook. Well, and it, yeah, it was like, because it was us. And that's why, like, the CD I gave you, that's me and one of the drummers. Yeah. And it's like, it made sense to be alive again. It made sense to do this and drive around and take all of our spare money and throw it into doing it because it made sense because it was real. I remember, like, I finally got to the place where I could probably pass a piss test. And, uh... <laughs> and a buddy of mine kind of said he owes me a favor called me up to remind me of this and said I'll give you a job man it's over 200k and I was like I, I went home and I, I remember talking to Kate and I said you know that'd be, you remember this right and I was like it'd be really cool man get that Porsche I always wanted put a pool in the backyard and Kate said this is really what you want to do you can sit in an office all day long and do that No, no. Hell no. <laughs> I want to do something real, man. This is real. Because you're right. That's how you heal. Yeah, talking to other people. And, you know, I'm lucky, man. Uh, <clears throat> with Brett, um, that is a, the goofy-ass looking dude with the beard that you guys seen on the beginning of this thing. This is Tattoo Shop. On Siren Cove Tattoo. He, uh, you know, and we've kept in contact. But you know how it is with your childhood friends and stuff. You, it's... it's Six months, or hey, I'm gonna leave, man. Let's go get tore up together and you know, shit like that. And uh, I came back home, man. I seen him twice, I won't say twice before I came back home. And it's, uh, yeah, twice. But no, I'm sorry, before I retired and moved back home. And then, man, it's like you do when you meet people like me. We've known each other for a week now. And I felt like I've known you my whole life. And that's the way it was. Well, I have known him my whole life, but we hadn't really been in it for 12, 14 years, you know. And then, I went over to his house one night and got playing with a snake and drinking and hanging out with him and his, I mean, his wife, she's awesome too. And, you know, just shooting shit. And I was like, man, I ain't never left, you know? Like, and it's, that's, it's fucking rare to have that, you know? It is rare. Very rare. Because I got friends that I had when I was in high school. I come back, they're like, hey, man, let's hang out. Let's, you know, and you try to do it. You try to call them and it's like, blow you off. And I, I'll call him sometimes. He won't answer, but he always, I mean, I'll FaceTime him three sheets to the wind at three o'clock in the morning and he'll answer you know we'll sit up and talk for an hour and a half and we'll talk for a week or two later and then 
I hadn't talked to him in probably a week, and I called him up today. I was like, hey, man. Can we use your tattoo we use your shop? Can like, we use your tattoo shop? And he's like, yeah, hold on a second. And he took this one thing on the phone, and he's like, what's up, man? What do you mean? <laughs> and uh, I was like, I need your tattoo shop. You know, he's a quiet place. You know, I got a buddy of mine coming down. We're going to do this, this cool interview on that church. He's like, sure, man. Whatever. We'll be here. Come on by. You know? I've got friends like that. But it's it's cool to have some money back where I'm going to put roots back in the ground, you know? Yeah, oh no, it's, could, it's huge. Come back there, I could, I know where he lives, which is probably not smart for him. <laughs> but I feel like I could show up at his house and on a fucking Wednesday morning at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, out of my mind, drunk and just, or just off my rocker and wake him and his whole family up and he'd be like, all right, come in. And it wouldn't <laughs> be like the whole, hey man, it's even like, you need to quit being a fucking little bench right now. You need to, you know, tighten it up, fix yourself, you know? And I'm, I'm lucky in that, and I'm blessed to meet guys like you, man, all, all the time. It's, well, I, I feel the same way, man. Like doing this, it's it's like I'm doing it. It's like I'm doing something worthwhile. You're doing something very worthwhile. You know, like it really blows my mind because well, you never know, too. Like people, you talk about you suicidal, how often there? Since I've been in a dark place, man. And I didn't walk around telling people about it. I wouldn't walk around telling them like I'm fucking crazy. I'm gonna kill myself. I, Cause when you're really there, you don't really do that. No, you know, you don't tell anybody. And there's signs, I guess, but we're so trained in those signs, recognizing the weed that say mm-hmm. nature don't show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I know, right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, we it, don't show them. And you could talk to somebody with what you're doing now, and help me just you know reaching out to people here, there, and you'll never know. But that dude could have been on his way to his house to blow his brains out, or you know, about to eat that whole bottle of pills and chug that whole bottle of Jack Daniels over there. And Don't talking worry. to you, tapping on he's me. like, you know what, fuck, man, I, uh, this is cool, man. I, he said I got to be awake for three days calling back. I got, I got, I can't do this. I got to mm-hmm. snap out of it, you know. And then it's just, you know, you save people's lives and you don't know it. You know, you, you're not a doctor. You're not in the surgery room doing it, but like, what you're doing is important. It's very important. That, well, it's, it's like a song I sang for you guys. And- the second one. One about the suicide. I want to punch you in the throat when you start singing it, man. I'm not an emotional person. You, fuck, you got me messed up a little bit. Well, we just had a guy from uh, our scouting unit. You know, I didn't, I wasn't under him or anything, but being with the colonel, we was there all the time. You know, I had real good friends with one of the squalers there in the platoon store, and I still stay in contact with them. You know, and uh, he just lost his his battle with you know PTSD, and he, he killed himself. And mm. Nobody, man, we heard it, and it's always when it happens, you're like. Huh? He did? Yeah, right. Like I, you no, can say this name, this name, and this name, and I was like, okay. But not that but guy. That that guy, and it's out of, it's always out of nowhere. Everybody don't know where, where it came from, what happened, and it's. I said, you said it, man. You, how you pull people together and say, contact your brothers, man. I get them all the time, and I send them out on Facebook all the time. I'm like, hey, man, I don't know what you're doing in your life. You're probably still a big shithead like you were in the army, but hey, <laughs> just know I love you. and I'm thinking about you. Give me a shot sometime when you can. It's you know, important to say, guys, I love you. Call me back and say, hey, man, you know, you, I read that message. Mm-hmm. I was four to five minutes away from eating a barrel. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have to fucking know. But you reaching out to me and not being like, I think that's the language. When you saw we pick up that language, it's 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 me calling you like, hey, what's up, fucker? You yeah. know, what are you doing? You still, you, you Cause still, it means you love me. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the civilian world might not get that. <laughs> the civilian world sees it like, hey, man, are you okay? No, it's like, like him, man, he's... And he's never done anything. Me and him joined the Marine Corps together. I didn't, we didn't tell you this, me and him joined the Marine Corps death program together. And I was just too much of a shithead and 
got basically kicked out of the thing. After, you know, I got to trouble doing some stuff. Want to hit an officer and did, did something I wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> and uh, he, he didn't might, get up. Might have. <laughs> yeah, his, his, his Not side. you. And then he got, he just, he couldn't get medically cleared, you know. But we and him was like, we kind of went our separate ways a little bit in high school. We came back, we was like, fuck it, man, we're going to join We're going to be 0-3-11 infantrymen. And it didn't, you know, it didn't work out. But he's, he knows that language, man. It's, it's, and, it's, it's powerful to care and everybody I love what you said everybody's got a freaking cell phone everybody and, and all it. that garbage all the political garbage all the religious garbage all the garbage of hate and hurt do something good with that freaking Facebook account call up a buddy that's the first thing I did was I made this map of Facebook I have a lot of friends like I do now <laughs> but I had a few people on there you know so I made the map and I, I took an Excel spreadsheet. I put your name here and the city you lived here. And if I could find a phone number, I'd put it there. And so I'd go to places and I'd type out and I'd find a coffee shop. I'd go play music, you know? And people would come see me. And, and it was just about this. This is what it was about. Yeah, the beer you drink after you get done with That's the show. That's it, you know? And, and then, like, and then, and then I found that the music was really healing me. And, and like you said, it, like, it does something to other people, too. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, like, I'm sorry you cried, but I'm, I'm kind of glad you cried because because it means that you, too, know what I went through. Yep. My best friend stuck the barrel in his mouth and went to heaven. Yep. You know. And there ain't a whole lot of people to know that. They don't. They, they don't know. And it means that, you know, and when I sing that song, I think I'm honoring him because, because Jeremy Anderson was a warrior. He wasn't in the military. But he was a warrior, yeah. and, and he was in extreme physical pain. All this stuff he had, you know, dialysis, all that crap he was going through, and he just couldn't do it no more. And I think I honored him by getting off the couch and living life until it's my turn to yeah. die, as fully as I can, and going and, and helping other people out, and saying, you know, you do what you have to do. And I don't think anything less of him for doing that. I mean, it's horrible. It hurt me, but it was his time, you know. And and I want to honor him, and I want to honor myself, and I want to honor the people because there's there's a whole bunch of people. It ain't their time. Yeah. They got pills going through their head. They got their veins. Yeah. <laughs> they got they got voices in their head from people that don't love them and don't care for them and have no freaking clue who we are. What we do, yeah. I mean, that's what man, I always tell them, you know. And my message is if anybody's watching us having a bad time, one you, I think my name's on there, Ross Matthew. I want to look me up on Facebook. Fucking call me at 10 o'clock in the morning. I might be tore up and you might not be able to understand what I'm saying, but I, I will answer, you know, I always do. And uh, the second thing is people that are in service, like, I don't care if you're a cook or a fucking finance guy or mm. a ground pounder like myself, you know, at one point in your life, you stood in front of somebody and did this. I know. You might not have understood then, but. You have the balls to get up and do that in front of this men and women both. I say balls, but you know, hoods it, it, it takes a like you, courage. You, then you deploy or you don't deploy, but you know, at that time, and especially in our generation, you know, like the war was a thing. You know, military, you going to war, buddy, that you could that you could your life. And you know, the cool part about being in the Victus games is like I, I didn't win everything, but at the end of the day, I knew I was a part of the baddest fighting force in this fucking planet, you know, yeah. and. You were a part of that 
you're you're badass, you know. Okay, what's thank yourself? You be forty pounds overweight now. You could be, I mean, you be on these pills, hitting a bottle every day, you know. Look in the mirror and tell yourself you're a fucking badass. You know, it sounds stupid. Stand, look at yourself in the eye. Not you. I don't need to tell you that. I don't need to tell anybody else that. You need to tell your fucking self that. Mm. At some point in your life, you raised your fucking hand up and you said, I will die for this fucking country. Mm-hmm. And more than that, I will die for the man and woman to the left and right of me. You know, or that child over there whose dad's trying to kill me now. And I'm having to say, you know, like, that's. Well, it's a weird the, thing, yeah, because the other side, they're people too. It's just yeah. a weird mess, but. But, you know, you, you don't think like that. You think like, oh, man. Like me for a while, like I, I had 30 years to get the service. I was good at my job. I fucking excelled. I got promoted for all my peers, you know. I was crushing it. And it's like, well, I ain't shit now. Like, you broke infantry, I ain't. And I had to go back and say, you know, you got to tell yourself. Like, before I went to war and did any cool shit that everybody thinks is cool, which is not fucking cool by any means, but, like, it takes a different human being to raise that right hand and say that. You got people, they do interviews all the time. Hey, they talk all this shit, and then they, talk, they always hit them with a question in. Well, well, why haven't you joined the military? Oh, I can't do that, man. I said, no, I ain't doing that. There's no way. Because it takes a different person. It takes a badass, red-blooded American, whether you're in the Coast Guard, the fucking... At some point, put your life on the line for somebody else. Well, something bigger than yourself. Less than 1% of our nation yep, wears service. a uniform. Yep. EMS, emergency medical... I guess that's the ambulance people. Yeah, yeah. Police, Please. firefighters, Coast Guard, Navy, Army, mm-hmm. Marines. Less than 1%. All of that is less than 1% of our right. population. So, I mean, and that's another thing. I've heard that too. And you tell yourself at the end of the day, <laughs> I don't mean this if you got to join the military. You know, it's not made for something. Like I said, it takes a different type of person. And it's just you, you've done something that less than 1% of the, the, the country you protect had the gall to do, you know? Yeah. Well, and I'm glad everybody's not like this. Yeah. Another thing, I mean... It'd be a fun world. <laughs> it'd be dysfunctional. It would be better. Yeah. Oh, shit. I mean, because, uh, you know, I'm like, um, Brett, right? Yeah, Brett. Uh, when I asked him, I came in, we were talking about the, him letting us use the shop and everything. I didn't say it to him, but I did ask him if he was a vet. He said, no. And I'm thankful that not everybody's a vet because, like, look at all this cool art and stuff he's done. Oh, yeah. You, see, well, you, see, you see what he looks like? He looks like that, right? Yeah, he does. He looks just like that. Yeah. American <laughs> t-shirt on, but that's just, that's who this fucker is, man. You know, like, and I tell him this, too. We was having this conversation back there in that office one day, and I was like, no, nah, man, you you know, you, you did this with me. We did mm-hmm. this You together. guys tried. He tried, yeah. We stood in front of our whole high school gymnasium at a basketball game. I think it was a basketball game. And... Said the oath of enlistment, you know, like that. that just the fact you raised your right hand and you made that commitment it says it, so much about your character. You don't even have yep. to get past, like, because there's people that never got out. I remember this. We go into uh, Sand Hill, remember it? over yep. in the corner, and they, there's people there to shave your head off. And, yep. Oh, you know, you were with me. Not the same year, but yeah. oh, you, know, yeah. you were with me. <laughs> and you go through all that stuff. And there's people that never, I mean, they never even make it into basic training. But they're, in my, I don't know if they're technically a veteran. I think they are. I think after you raise your hand, you go through the first. Cause you second swear, time. The second time? The second time, you swear, yeah. So, so the second time you swear and you're a veteran from then on. I think so. It's either that or when you, I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't want to say the wrong stuff. I've I don't either. Basic. But in my mind, in my mind, you raise it like that's my tribe. Yeah. Everyone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because. 
Because, like, the courage it took. Yeah, I was a little bit older, man. I was, like, 29. Oh, and you joined? <laughs> yeah, man. I was, like, I was a dumbass 17-year-old who's not doing too hard. <laughs> well, I tried, but then I was raking colorblind, and my dad, who was the recruiter, was like, get out of there. Because <laughs> he thought I was screwing around with the colors. You know, hold up the number and... Oh, yeah, you can't see I can't that. see. I can't. I can't read a map. I'm like, I wasn't gonna be a sniper, which is what I wanted to be. <laughs> but uh, well, God had, you know, I believe there's purpose in everything. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, the weird thing is, when you look at this whole thing, there's people carrying around guilt, and guilt is self perpetuating. The society can say shame on you, or the group can say shame on you. And whether or not you buy into that crap, that's a whole other. I'm gonna interrupt real quick. I said, you know, I hate that shit, man. Uh, Me too, man. The way society says, you know, this and then everybody nowadays gives so so much fucking weight to what other people fucking think about. You know, what I care about things about me is my two children and my mother, and my family. But at the end of the day, what do you always hear? You want to die alone? You don't want to die alone, dude. Motherfucker, the last time I checked, when you die, you get buried in that ground by yourself. Yep. I don't know if people, it, it could no, happen, I could be wrong, but you right. might get buried in there with like your kid or something, you got a car wreck. But as far as 99% of guys, you get put in the ground or you get burned by yourself. I've been with there with people that, as they took their last breath. Yeah. They weren't with me, even though I was standing right there. Yeah. It was alone. But this, the die alone thing, he's like, he, my, this is my opinion. I'm a fucking, I could have 100 people in the room when I die. Guess what? I'm, I'm dying by myself there. And at the end of the day, what kind of clothes I wear, what, like, if I die tomorrow, what do people will talk about? Oh, I see a motherfucker dressed nice. Got a nice truck, you know, he, that shit don't matter. And they gonna talk about he was a good father to his kids. He went out and pushed like you, man. You died tomorrow. What are people gonna say about you? He fucked you up when he played his music because he was good and hit you in the fields. He reached out, he gave up his life to drive around and help other vets out, you know? That's what's gonna go on. It's like your friend to kill himself, you know. Him killing himself, he died alone, but in turn would come from that. A this, lot of care and love. This come from this, you know? Yeah. Like it's that's what it's about at the end of the day. It, you're like right. if you're not living in the fucking mansion, you know. I will put it out there. I told my my house is full tonight, I'm living back home with my mama right now. My two kids are there right now, my sister just moved back, she's there with her two kids. I got my mom and my dad there, you know, like it's I think it's pretty awesome, actually. It is, but it's fucking hell sometimes, you know. But mm-hmm. you know, it's cool. We all we don't we mesh together well and stuff, you know. We're my sister's about to move out. I'm fixing to move out, you know. But from people looking in, it's like, did you live home with your mom? I don't, I don't give a fuck what you think about me. Yeah, I can see my mom every day. I can see my mm-hmm. my, my nieces, my yeah. and my, my my sister. My my kids get to see their grandma, their grandpa, Heck their yeah, aunt. Dude, it's awesome. My aunt lives up the road. You know, my cousins are down the street. I, until the last 12 years, I ain't had that, you know? Yep. And now I get that. But I just think the society we live in today with this Instagram, it's like, I got to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. It's a it's a bunch of media-fed bullshit. Now, I'll tell you, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't give a fuck what kind of clothes you wear. You come up talk to me with fucking holes in your pants and no shirt on, I'll give you a shirt if I got one, and then I'll talk to you just like I talked to this dude over here. I mean, I met Obama, I met Trump, you know? I talked to all these generals, I talked to all these famous people. Uh, for a while, I was FaceTiming Shia LaBeouf every week. And the reason he's saying, you know. He, I don't know who that is. He, he's a Transformers kid. Oh. But uh, it was, I made it through this movie you did for Man Down, talking about the effect of war when it comes back. But he's a real down earth person, right? And that's, I'm going to talk to you the same way. I don't care if you're dressed in a $10,000 suit, driving a $100,000 car, or if I have to come pick your ass up. Because we're people. Yeah. 
Because, uh, yeah, you look at them like people. So, people. Uh, from a veteran standpoint, if you're sitting there and you're trying to do that and live the lifestyle you did in the, in the service or you're trying to, you know, impress nobody, you, you're fucking up because the person you need to impress is the person you look at in the morning when you brush your teeth. You know, you so, know? so mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the realm of Christianity, like, and I talk about this a little bit, you know, on that church thing, on Sunday I do a little thing, that's really about it. But, like, what pushed me to do this was this idea of people are made in the image of God. You hear people talk about that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you're not wearing that suit. And, and that's what we, religion kills me because it's like, why the hell would I dress up to go to see God? It's just like if you, I, I don't believe in dressing up to go on your first date. You can see God when you're naked laying in your bed or taking shit, you know? What? Right? Yeah. That's why I've always had a hard time with church, man. You go in there, I used to leave drinking and doing other stuff I shouldn't have been doing in high school. And go sit in the church on Sunday, dressed up with these other people to dress up. And then all of a sudden they went from cussing like a sailor, doing a lot of things they shouldn't be doing, to seven hours later. So it's a big show. Speaking in tongues, and you're like, mm, it's bullshit. You're full of shit. Yeah, it's not real. And and like, and so I, I, so I, I love it what you said, that you look over that mirror right over there on the wall. And if you don't see God, it's worth. If, if, if this is not the image of God, this worth of God. It's not that we are God, for sure. I mean, and I don't really have a whole lot to expound on, because I really don't know. I mean, the whole thing's fake. Yeah. You know, like, I, there's no proof here. It's just fake. I just happen to believe this way. But what is real is everywhere I freaking go, every single person I've ever talked to, and, and I mean, I've had the same freaking phone number. I'm giving it out. 803-238-1330. Thousands of times I've had it since I, when I became a chaplain candidate. I've passed it out to every unit I was a chaplain in. People are of value, man. We have worth. Yep. And, and, and all the stuff around us, all the glitter and the glitch, it's nice. This couch is cool. Look at this thing, dude. Like, how cool is that? How cool is it that this whole shop has been, it's awesome. I mean, if you guys want to just see some cool stuff, come to this tattoo shop. Just to look at the stuff on the wall and the books. Kate was going through the book. I yeah. like the pictures. That's awesome. His wife. Uh, real hard. I give her a hard time. I hope she sees this. I hope she can hear me get Brett's wife. Uh, I give her a hard time. I thought because I was fucking angry. Uh, but uh, she, she's good, man. And she posts. She's real good about it. They got this. Like, you guys check out their Instagram page, Facebook page. But they, like, they're very, like he said, to, like first responders and veteran friendly. These mm-hmm. dudes are. Let's tag um Let's tag this on the bottom of the page if I, one of us, yeah. whoever gets to it first. Okay. Go to the interview and in the comments tag that to like, because in all reality, it's the people and the stories. That's what the tattoos are about. It's about the oh, people. Yeah. It's not about this cool stuff, although this stuff is really cool. But it has stories. Like he told the story of getting this thing, which y'all have to come down here to get it. Yeah. It's a crazy, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy story. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, but you said for a while ago, man, you know, like, like I said, me and him, right hand, 0311 Marine Corps, right? Yeah. And medically couldn't go. I was lucky enough to not make it in this one, but be able to branch out of this one, right? <laughs> but, uh, look, 12 years later, and he's been doing this three years, so he was able to marry her, open this shop up, and then healing through water, you know? I love getting tattooed. I like the pain part of it, and I love the... Like, I get to look in the mirror and see this shit and remind myself that, you know, when I go somewhere when I was in Australia, there was no question where that dude was coming from. <laughs> <laughs> was like, that's, that's a 
big old ass American right there. You know? <laughs> Man, I have a feeling there's never been any question where you were coming from. Only for the moment I met you sitting over there. <laughs> but you know, it's like, like you said, everybody's destined to do things. And that's that's his. He he helps heal through art. You know? yeah. He helps heal through I really this. Does. He does. I help sometimes, I guess, through like, you know, just talking to people. Man. I just like talking. Well, and, and today, like, it's not just talking. Like, when you come out there and you worked out like you worked out, like those videos you showed me when you're doing those pull-ups and stuff, mm -hmm. you also told me about your injuries and all that other stuff. You And the running. You showed me you running on that leg. Oh, yeah, big ass move, boy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people. Get, I, I remember reading, uh, back when I was in, I read a book about a guy named uh, Colonel Grossman. Okay. You, you've heard of R. Uh, Kelly? Yeah. And they talked about the difference between some people would get shot in the arm, and through shock they die. And they've had other people get shot 20 or 30 times. They still be moving. And they're still alive. Yep. You know, like maybe four times this time and five. I one of the first things I did in the hospital with man was shot, and he lived. I think it was seven times. He was. It's crazy. Yeah. It, I don't know. You know, it. It's crazy stuff. Um. Oh, yeah. What do you believe? Do you believe when you look in the mirror that you have value and worth? Because if you don't, then you you know then you don't because you're the only judge. Well, I say if you look in the mirror and that's the case, when you're fucking up and you're wrong, you're absolutely wrong. Yeah. Because no matter you know, I won't speak for everybody because there's people in this world who's done shit that they, you know, in my opinion, they don't have worth. But that's my opinion. To their opinion, you know, I got worth because I'm the Taliban leader and I get to make bombs kill Americans, you know. But from Which American, is the whole weird thing. standpoint, in my opinion, like, if you, uh, and I don't hate to be blunt about it, but if you look in the mirror and you don't think you're worth nothing, you're full of shit and you're fucking kidding yourself. I've, I've had been playing up on stage and, and I, I, I love to play. I like I like to go to small churches and talk to people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're still there. Like, most of the churches, like, you know, 20 people in it. <laughs> I like to go to small bars. Oh, yeah. There's 20 people in it. I like to go to small coffee shops. There's 20 people in them. Because it's where people are. Real, real people. Yeah, you so know? 20,000 people here. Yeah, it's yeah, more what we call Just it. not it's for me. But <laughs> intimate, more intimate. Mm -hmm. it, it is more intimate. Well, it was cool the other night. You know, there's a couple hundred people in that show where I'm Oh, yeah, yeah. That was awesome. But I can't do it all the time because the worth, and I, I remember like in, in the first time this happened to you, I was at a small bar. And a guy come up on the stage. I mean, I'm trying to play. And you saw how I play. You know, yeah. my eyes are closed. And I'm giving yeah, it all out, right? Yeah. And this guy is standing there with a beer for me. And he hands it to me. He says, I'm a bit. And I didn't go anywhere. And he stumbles off stage. And I'm trying to process this. So I want to talk to him later. Yeah, well, he brought me back some whiskey. Because then we did some shots. But, <laughs> you know, um... <laughs> and then, but later on, we were talking. He said, uh, "He said I didn't do any of the stuff you did. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do." And all I heard was, "I didn't, and I didn't, and I didn't." And I said, "Hang on a second, dude. You did. You raised your hand. You could have done any. You could have done everything. I mean, you might have been a chaplain, but you'd have done everything else. Everything yeah. they told you to do, didn't you? Well, yeah. I've talked to guys that were." Uh, other than honorably discharged. Oh well, 
He did 10 years ago, stuff and fucked up once. That's it. He got kicked out. Yep, you still have value. You still have worth. You did something with your life. Less than 1% of us have the courage. I got two tattoos. What's his wisdom here and what's his courage here? Wisdom without courage is nothing. You have to have the courage to do something. To do, that's right, to do anything, I think. And, and the value of seeing yourself. And, and I like what you said, man. I think if you don't believe in yourself, you're wrong. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So, what else would you like to say to this group? Just shit, man. If you're having a hard time, you got his info. Look me up on Facebook. I'm pretty sure my fucking whole life contacts on the internet. So just. Just Google. <laughs> yeah. Just Google you. Just get to hey, 864 617 3152. Call me. You know, it's hard. I've been there. You get to that point, you don't want to call somebody but if you feel yourself getting to that point fucking call somebody reach out man I'm not gonna judge you at all I might cuss at you a little bit and tell you you're being a fucking idiot but you know I'm I'm gonna I'm shoot you straight I speak my mind and I'm one person that can say I've been there I've been through what you're going through um, I've lost friends in combat out of combat um, suicide uh, shit drinking and driving being in the wrong place at the wrong time so there's not much that you could be going through that I won't know what you're going through or I won't know how to get in contact with somebody. But, I mean, there's a fucking... And I've learned this hard way. There's, 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 I don't know, a million service members. There's plenty of million more vets out there who guys like this guy over here that just... It's what we want to do. It's not something we do to get recognition or to fucking... I don't know. Like, the dude... $200,000 jobs like no nah, man I'm gonna go do this you know that's not we're not about the money we're not about the recognition it'd we're be about nice fucking... somebody gave us money <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> but it's not you know it's not for us it's not about that it's about no it's not well, my, my worth in the mirror like you come up looking in the mirror you know I look in the mirror my worth is if I save one person's life while I'm on this earth I'm doing something you know that's it if it's one or if it's a million to me just if if at all helping somebody if if I die, I like you know get up, have a heart attack, fall right here on the floor. I've done something in the fact that I've encouraged somebody. Like that, Daryl. You know what I got out of this weekend, Daryl Dasher. This guy we talked about him earlier. On. Yeah. <laughs> the joy is so hard for me to smile. You know. I, I can laugh a little bit, but it's usually about something that's. Pretty dark and nasty, yeah, it's you know. Pretty <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's just not the. In, it's so hard to find real joy and have fun and have that long sustain. You know? So I've got I've got friends in my life that have like in in the series, the music series, pushed me to have fun. And then I got guys like Dasher that I see that like they take fun to a level of joy. Oh yeah. And 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 for our our tribe, it's hard. You know what Sometimes, I mean? It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it is real hard to be like. Like, especially like where I live, like that's one other reason I gotta move because I can't. I'm in that flight zone, man. I see them stinking Blackhawks go by, and, yeah. and I'm like, I gotta move from that because, or either I gotta move from that, or I gotta tell myself, hey, it's good that you're never gonna get on that plane again. Oh, you're, yeah. you're never getting in a Blackhawk. You're never getting a Chinook to go be Chapel Mat. We're just not the man anymore. Doing no, what you're doing now. Still, it, it is, it, but it's still tough. You know, what I mean, oh, I still yeah. have to tell myself. I, you know, I, I was telling uh, 
somebody asked me, said, man, it feels great. I said, yeah, you know, um, it does feel great today. And three weeks from now, I might have a moment or two. Because yeah. that's, what, that's what that post-traumatic bullshit does to me. Yep. It, it rears its head. It's like, ah! <laughs> like, Out of nowhere. Well, you know. You, you gotta, you, if, you, if you make it, you know, sometimes it's a day, sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it hell, it's longer than that, you know? But this is the thing I always tell everybody. This has been, if you're reading my articles, I always say this shit, and I've lived by this. You know, I've came to the part where you can knock me down once and I would lay on the ground. I don't care if I get back up now. You knock me down at 10, I'm gonna get up at 11, look in your fucking face, laughing and asking for some more, you know? Because that's what, I don't know, that's what makes us the baddest fighting force in America. That's what makes us who we are, you know what I mean? I'm, I guess you said, a hard headed some of them sometimes, you know? Like, you learn the hard way, but guess what? You know, I'm not, don't give up, that's all I'm gonna say. You know, just don't, don't give, give up. up. You better than that. I'm carrying you. You think you're not better than that. I sure appreciate you sharing with this group. Yeah, it's been fun, guys. Add your friends. <laughs> I, well, you know that's that's how it grows. Is uh, I had an opportunity to talk to somebody who was gonna. They had the power to like do one move and you know it had jumped. Oh yeah. And I thought that's wrong, dude. This is about us. It is. This is our tribe. And. what we're do. I say if you can't can't share your story like this, I'm I mean I'm blessed to be able to do this, you know. I'm glad but you are. We all go to the VA, find some fucking old crummy dude sitting in the corner of that new dude who looks lost and just walk up and start talking to him, man. You know, maybe I'll tell you go fuck yourself or maybe he you know that dude's having the worst day of his life and you just you never know. Tell your story. Man. And it might change your whole world. That's right. Because nobody you can't tell my story, I can't tell your story. There's right. only one person that can tell your story and it's you at the end of the day, you know. Do it. it, it it's hard. It's hard. I never used to talk to anybody about it, but you know, meeting a bunch of guys like this and just you know seeing the after effects of what it does for people. You know, that's what it comes down to it. Your story has worth. Whether you went through basic training and broke off your legs and then you can't do nothing, you know, your story still has worth. A lot of it. Yeah. 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 Well, hey man, thanks for sharing, brother. Good seeing you again, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Hey. <laughs> We'll get down here with more time to do some stuff. Yeah. Go ahead. That might not be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> when you first said, you said, let's drink all night. <laughs> hey, vet church, y'all continue to question. Just because we said something, hey, we're people. Question. Think for yourselves. Have fun. Love one another. Talk to you later. Thank you for joining us for this vet church interview. Your feedback is welcome. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com.